Welcome to the Rogues on the Road podcast, where we talk food, beverage, travel, and everything in between. Welcome back. We are here at the Chico and Son in Armonk, New York. My name's Rich. And I am Matt, and we are uh, very honored to have a guest brewer all the way from Belgium. So uh, we have uh, Yvonne uh, from, we're all going to say this, Brasserie de la, la Seine. De la Seine. Yeah, perfect. Did yeah. we say it okay? Yeah, Brasserie de la Seine. That just sounds so much better. That, did, that really did. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and of course, we've got our De Chico's uh, guru. Guru, beer guru. Yeah. Uh, lover That's of all things brewed and fermented. That's me. Brendan. Hello. So, so uh, it's always great having you on the show and kind of giving, a, having another level of kind of expertise in this, in this industry because as we know, we're a little uh, special. Wow. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of beer out there. Yeah. There's an enormous amount of beer out there and it's a learning experience. You know, it used to be such a, for the American drinker, it was, we were limited. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until kind of Sierra Nevada and seeing mm-hmm. craft beers and then it's just exploded. And you're learning new things about new beers every mm-hmm. single day. And that's... That's what I do. That's what you do. That's where you come in. Yeah. So you've come in from Belgium. Um, would love to know a little bit about the difference between Belgian beers Mm-hmm. And American beers. Well, it's a tricky question because I'm not sure I can talk about all the Belgian beers, put them like in one bag or category, whatever, and 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 do the same with the American beers because in both countries you have many different approaches on on, on brewing. But to to keep it on a very simple but maybe simplistic level, to to be honest. I would say that we might try to get more balance in our beers in Belgium. Okay. Uh, while in the US, not always, far from that, but, but regularly, um, we have some people like wanting to push the boundaries and to make the most extreme, over-the-top thing. Um, so that, that might be a difference. But honestly, it's a little bit of a caricature because I have a lot of friends in the US who are making the most delightful and balanced beer. So it's... a but it could be seen like that. I always assume that Belgian beers are weedy. Is that incorrect? Weedy? Yeah. Like, a, like a wheat beer, like Weedy. a half a Weizen. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, no. Well, actually, if you take the 19th century, most of the Belgian beers did contain wheat uh, in the raw form, so unmalted. I would say it's difficult to calculate, but I would count 80, 85% of Belgian beer would have contained wheat. Uh, it's less the case now, um, way, way less the case. But so if you talk about the past, yes, uh, wheat was the main uh, grain for Belgian beers. Of course, they all contain uh, malted body as well, but, right. but wheat was uh, like a Belgium specialty. And did they, did they, f- German purity laws are followed here in the United States, uh, not by law, but just as a, as a guide. Is that also something that... Or am uh, no, I? Or am I? Am I touching on like no, the Germans in, 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 and the Belgians? Are in, in, we in Belgium? We have no laws. We have no, no laws. <laughs> when we have laws, we, we try to, to do Avoid something them. different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no. The the Rheinheiskabot from Germany never really touched Belgium. Okay. Uh, no, there, there there was maybe more freedom, 
But to, to be honest, I don't want to, to be bad about Rhinescobot because um, it brought the German brain to, to, to a, a level of quality that is absolutely outstanding. Right. And, and I love the idea to be like obliged to play with the basic classic raw materials because they offer so, so many possibilities. You don't need to add lots of stuff in your beer to, to get it complex. You, you can use just good, beautiful, multi-poly, beautiful hops and, and have the right yeast and the right methods and, and, and you can make so many different things and wonderful things. And giving it the right environment as well. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good sound. That's good. We want to hear that. Th we want bottles being thrown in oh, the Oh, absolutely. I'm, right. I'm pressing cool the cue on that. That's a great sound. All right. That is the ambiance. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. the ambiance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're listening it's obviously very busy we're in, in an active bar <laughs> we're in an active bar in the corner participating uh, yeah right. uh, and um, we're obviously celebrating seven um, seven beers on tap um, uh, from Yvonne so so how did you get your start hmm um, I was just liking beer like any teenager in Belgium. Uh, we we might have a, a legal drinking age in Belgium, but I don't remember wha what it is. I can only <laughs> tell you, and that will be extremely shocking for an American <laughs> audience, that my first beer, uh, I drank it at the age of four, given my by my grandmother. She, she, she would take me out of the kindergarten every <laughs> Tuesday. It was a, like... like, like freedom moment for, for me because I was not a big fan of kindergarten because they obliged you to sleep in the afternoon and I hated that. <laughs> well, whatever, every, every every Tuesday she, she came. She so I have a six pack. She, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. In your she, sippy she, cup. She, she, she made the most wonderful homemade food. It was organic before organic was like invented, like super high quality, but very, very, very simple. <laughs> and I could get a glass of table beer. And, and that was the best moment of the week for me. I, I prefer that Tuesday uh, lunchtime more than any weekend uh, because I could get that glass of table beer and it was like a, a l l liquid happiness for, 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 for me. It was absolutely fantastic. In so many different ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And so you, were, you distinctly remember that taste and, mm. and what that yeah, profile Yeah, I have was. quite a good memory for, 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 for taste, actually. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. where do you know what beer that was from, was it was it yeah, a homebrew in Belgium or was it no no no, no. homebrew in Belgium disappeared in the turn of the 1900s okay. uh, no no it was not made my, by my grandmother um, but by a, a major brewery of the time who made uh, a beer called Double Pied Buff that was the name of the of the of the, of the brewery back then and uh, it's probably a beer that was not that interesting but for me it was so special so unique and and, right. and also as a kid to be treated almost like an adult because I could have like access here, to, here's to, your to it. table beer yeah but it, it's important moments in, in, in the life of, of, of a kid absolutely uh, for, for real and w when I was young table beer was still allowed um, in at, at school you, oh, wow. if, if you had to lunch at the cafeteria of the school Back in the days, you could get a, a table beer. It was totally normal, actually. It was socially accepted, culturally accepted, even important. And, and honestly, of course, I will never promote the consumption of alcohol with kids. Uh, we all know it's not good. But table beer is like super light in alcohol. And what it does to your body, I think, is probably not worse than what a soda full of sugar would do. Oh, that's, my, that's my personal opinion, at least. Uh, also, you know, it probably taught you an appreciation for the beverage at a young age. It's not exactly. something to be abused. It's something yeah. to be no, respected. No, it was just one, one single 
glass and but but and, and so of course I, I, I sipped it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't gulp it <laughs> at the time and I enjoyed every sip of it like like, like big time. It was fantastic. <laughs> and that's where it started for you. Um, th there is at four uh, years home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the beginning. <laughs> no, then I, I I started drinking in as as any teenager in, in yeah. Belgium. I started with the very common beers, but honestly, I, I remember one beer at the time that that really blew my palate. It was the the Vieux Temps beer. It was a, a very simple Belgian pale ale, but with a, a lot and lot of character. And I I, I drank that. I was like 14 or something. Then I had the chance to meet people uh, who really liked um, great beers. Uh, my, my, my family also, my family background is that we like to eat good things and, and especially great wine on my parents' side. So I, I got always access to, to, to great food. But then I met those people liking really great beers and, and among them two main ones, uh, Orval, back in the 19... Yep. 80s actually and then the Cantillon uh, Goes and that the, the, these have been my, my two first uh, world-class beers I had access to and I started to enjoy uh, beer so much that I, I, I wanted to, to become serious about, about beer if that exists and I met um, a, a very important meeting in my life was in 1989 when I first uh, went to the Cantillon Brewery uh, Brussels Goes Museum and had the chance to, to meet the, form, the, the former head brewer, um, Jean-Pierre Van Roy. He's the father of, the, of Jean, the, 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 the actual brewer. And um, we'll chat to, together, maybe for an hour, maybe for two, maybe for three. I will never remember. But what I remember is that after five minutes, he transmitted to me his virus, his love for good beer. And especially, he's the one who taught me that behind a good beer, you can have good values. And, and that those values, especially in Belgium at the time, they were like in, endangered, and it's it's worth fighting for for, for defending those values. That, that that's a very important um, moment in my life. Also meeting meeting Jean Pierre. Then I went to uh, university. I did other kind of studies, political sciences, and and and, and, and others. Uh, I used to be a social worker for for five years, but um, home brewer. Uh, I visited all the possible breweries. I wanted to, to try all the possible beers. I read all the possible books. I started to writing a little bit myself at the time. But then at the age of 33, that was in 2003, I decided to quit my job and to do something with my passion. Mm. And I went to Brink School, um, the Brink School of Brussels, Institut Maurice, very good Brink School. And, um, and then I became a professional brewer. Wow. Good for you, man. Mm. And the brewing school in Brussels, how long is that program? Is that a... If you take the full program, it's one of the five schools of university level in Belgium. So we are a very small country. We have five school, five brain schools, university level. Germany has only three. I mean, so... Wow. So we have a lot of... We have an easy access to, to our brain science knowledge in, in, in Belgium, which is really great. If you take the, the full... Um, education it's five years and, and you become a brain engineer which I didn't do because I, I was 33 already at the time and I only wanted to be a knowledge and, and that, that is given the last year of, of the, the five years of, of brain engineer classes and so I followed all the, um, all the, all the classes uh, with the engineer I passed the exams uh, which I succeeded. I, I, I learned so much by myself before that I, I could, as you would say in French, jump in the train. And, yep. and um, I didn't 
do that to get another diploma, right? you know, but, but just for the knowledge. And it, it, it's one of the most beautiful years of my life, actually. I, I was the most um, active and motivated student. When a professor was ill, I was like very upset. All the, the other students were like, wow, well, super yeah. really bad, you know. <laughs> I was like, no, I won't do classes. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> you know? Get better. And yeah. so all different types of classes from brew brewing to, uh, is there like brewing history? Is there brewing... There, there was no, no brewing history at the time, and since that, my dear professors asked me to teach brewing history <laughs> at this very school. Yeah, so right. no, 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 that 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 class exists. It's a seminary, uh, I, I actually, and I, I'm 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 giving it. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm very happy. They and and proud they asked me that. I, I would never think when I was a student there that, that I would at some point teach. Uh, Come back uh, as a professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. I, I think you know, brewing. Brewing history in general for mm. some of these, for some countries, not so much America, but you know, can can go back, you know, a thousand years. You know? Yeah, the all all the traces we have know it's 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 interesting for the people to to, to know that uh, dating back from eleven five hundred years before datation before Christus. So it's thirteen five hundred years from now, guys. <laughs> the beer is the most an ancient bev alcoholic beverage made by yeah. men, actually by women. That's another story. But yep. women made beer, not, 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 not males. We have nothing to do with that. Um, but so it's, it's absolutely fa fascinating. Beer was there before civilization and most probably civilization came thanks to beer. So beer is, if you like it or not, it doesn't matter, but, but beer is a very important beverage in the history of mankind. Yeah, mm. yeah. Cheers to that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. cheers. 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 <laughs> there, here's a cheers moment. <laughs> to mankind. So to mankind. <laughs> and to women. And to women, and to women. especially to women. Yeah, there is hope. Yeah. <laughs> there is yeah. hope. <laughs> So we're we're drinking one of your flagship beers, mm, yeah, uh, and this beer, Terrace Bulba, mm -hmm. Terrace Bulba, yeah. This is a super light, refreshing. Yeah. Still has a, even though it's light and refreshing, it still has a nice body. Bit, it's got body and yeah. bitter notes to it that are really really pleasing. Definitely. Um, so tell us a little bit about mm. Terrace Bulba. Well, it's, it's, it's somehow our definition of beer. Uh, for, for, for me, a beer is to be something simple, but not simplistic. Just crunching so, something. Uh, a lot of brewers tend to forget those days is that the, the first idea with beer is to hydrate humans in a more funny way than water and a safer way at, 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 at the time. Much safer. And, definitely. And, uh, and I, 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 I like that idea. And, and so, yeah, a beer is meant to, to quench your thirst. Um, this is a very light, so, well, not super light, but light, 4.5 ABV. And a most beer. of your beers are light, correct? For, for Belgium, it's, for, for Belgium, for nowadays, Belgium, it's light. Uh, for Belgium in the 19th century, it would have been almost a strong beer, but right, right. It, 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 it's light. Um, it's, um, there is only one malt from the best maltings of Belgium uh, there, and, and it's packed with noble hops that I pick myself. Um, so we work mainly with, with uh, two countries for hops, Slovenia and Germany. In Taras Bites it's uh, German hops, a little bit of Czech hops um, as well. And I, I do the hop harvest each season with the farmer, and I, I choose each batch of hop that I want to find back in my kettles for the next season. Uh, during that period, it's the most important moment of the year for me. It sounds very, like it's very a, it sounds very similar, like a grape harvest. 
Oh, he's he, still to, he, still you know, to where similar. It's, it's got to be perfect. It's got the, the e- conditions have e- to be right. Exactly. It's it's totally similar. Uh, also, on, on the chemical point of view, uh, there are so many similarities as, as, as well. There are new studies coming about that like every every year. It's it's incredible, uh, the similarities between those two plants. And the main one is the importance of terroir. You know, so the quality of the soil and the climate of a definite region that will make the quality of your, of your of your hops. It's not because you buy a bag of hop. Uh, you know, there are varieties for hops, say Cascade, to, 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 to name one, that you will know what you will get. No, not at all. It can it can be anything, and then the, the opposite. It totally depends on the terroir and also on the farmer's side, um, the skills of the farmer, the agricultural practices. Um, when he will crop, when he will decide to crop, and that, that, that's experience and intuition on its side, how will dry the hops, extremely important. Also, the, the drying, all those factors together uh, will make the quality of your hops or, or, or not. And you'd better be there uh, to, to choose the right ones, especially in, in the, 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 the bad years. In the good year, it's a little bit like, like, like for the, the grapes, everybody can, can produce good grapes and then make a good wine sure. out of it. But in the bad years, it's yeah. there that you really can Desperate. touch the skills of, yeah. of those wonderful people. Yeah. And so th- by all of those variables changing every single year, you're going to have slight variations in your signature beers, which is Definitely. actually kind of kind of cool. It's, it's going to yeah. change a little bit. I, I don't see beer making as wine making on, on that level, to be, to be honest. Uh, so people have to accept variations. I have two, but I think that the um, a brewer should should try at least to make the most constant beer uh, possible. I don't want like big variations. We have small variations because we, we work on natural way with natural products. Um, but I if I if our beer would have like huge variations, I would think we we, we made a mistake some some somehow or so change the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> right, it's, a, it's a new one. That don't taste like that shit. We'll call it. Yeah, something else. exactly. But to, to, to try to, to get more constancy, still working on totally natural way, um, we use different varieties of hops and we blend them. And so if one has a more dramatic change, we, we hope that the, the other one we will not and we were just doing like that. Actually. That sounds like an enormous amount of work. It is. And, 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 and painstaking. And, uh, and especially a lot of care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, you have, you have to, to, to care about every single detail in the brewery. When did you uh, open up the brewery? Uh, that was at the end of 2003. So we are, uh, we are six basically years uh, 15 years of existence now. Which was, yeah, say 2004 to make it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how did that process happen? So you, you graduated Brussels Brew School. Yeah. And you're ready, you're like, okay, I'm off. Mm, yeah. I'm going to go from home brew to, uh, to professional, to yeah. professional yeah. brew. And yeah. next thing you know, you know, you're, you're, you know, bringing your beer around the world. Mm-hmm. How did? How well, did not the world. It was way more modest than that at, <laughs> okay. at the beginning. And it's right, still just New York. And, and it is still, it is still <laughs> very, very modest. <laughs> so yeah. Well, once we reach the, the Chicos, we we will You're stop like, working. We're yeah, yeah, no. like, yeah, there's no, there's no point moving uh, anywhere uh, else. Of, of course, exactly. Welcome it's, to it's, the top. <laughs> totally right. It's a fantastic place. Um, no, it went two directions. Um, first, because I. Uh, before I was a professional brewer, uh, I had 
some expertise on Belgian beer and I got already some importers. Um, one of them is uh, Dan Shelton uh, from Shelton Brothers, yeah. who, who is a fantastic person and fantastic company uh, to, to work with. Um, and I, I, so I, each time I found a, a great Belgian beer that was new, I called Dan, oh Dan, you should try this, you should uh, come over, try it and, and possibly import it. So I made a lot of friends in, in, in the industry doing that. Uh, and of course the people I choose uh, where the, the beers I really liked genuinely, I never made any money on that. It was just for the, for the, for the sake of, of having more good beers being spread over. Um, and so it was very easy for me to, to find a job after I graduated. And, I, and, and my first job in the brewing industry was at the Ranky. Uh, very good beers, very nice people um, as, as well. But in the meantime, um, my uh, business partner started his very small uh, own brewery. And because he had no formal edu education in brewing and I had, I, I, I was his technical consultant when he started. And uh, that lasted for two years. And after two years, we decided to join our forces and to become official business partners. Oh, brilliant. So I had like two parallel lives, uh, one yep. for the Ranker, one for De La Seine. And after that, we decided to move um, our brewery in Brussels because we're in the suburbs uh, at the time. And uh, we couldn't make any money out of it. So I, I was like six years without salary um, from, from De La Seine and I needed some, some small salary. So I worked uh, part-time for Cantillon uh, from 2006 to 2009, um, actually. Cantillon that I knew very well because I used to be administrator of the museum for like 15 years, guide. Uh, in the brewery, uh, so it was easy, an easy move. Wow, mm -hmm. you might have the best resume in the beer business. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> or the biggest. I, 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 I have a good one. <laughs> Don't know if it's the best, but it's a good one. <laughs> so you you partnered up. You worked part time at, at Cantillon, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the one of the most famous breweries. Yeah, it's, it's the mecca for any mecca. beer lover, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and you were starting actually building out your brewery at that point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I saw I saw on uh, on your social media when you were building out. Mm. There is a post of a chalice, and you had to stop building because of an archaeological dig. Oh, what no, was that <laughs> all about? You, actually, <laughs> did you, you drink out of that thing? You, 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 <laughs> you, you didn't really check the dates because it was April first. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's, it's a awesome. post that was made by by my business partner very smartly because Brilliant. Li li like eighty percent fell in the trap actually. Brilliant. And and, and that's and that's for the new the new brewery we are building now. By by, by the way, it's not the, the first brewery we built at the, at the time. So yeah, it's a, it's 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 a Brussels joke. That is I'm like I'm hey, reading it. And you're like uh, you know we had to shut but, down for but, for the archaeological but, dig for nine weeks. But, but, uh, but honestly. It could have happened because the the place we are building the brewery uh, on now actually we, it, it's almost done finally. Um, it's we, we know that if you dig sorry we are metrics but uh, ten meters down uh, we are reaching the middle age period and 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 there, there was human settlements there so if you dig there you will find something it's and possible. if you find something your building will stop and if your building will stop you are bankrupt so hopefully we didn't dig that You're far like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't go down too deep yeah, yeah, yeah Just exactly. about 20 <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and that's probably that the case for most of europe 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If you dig, you find things. Yeah, yeah. 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 For, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So what? So what? When did it? When was there a point where you're brewing? You're brewing your beers. You're getting your recipes down. How did you get your recipe development and what your flagship beers were going to be? I mean, obviously, one of them is going to be something like that childhood table beer that you so enjoyed and loved and talked about. And and some of the names that and how that all kind of came to be. Your brand. Actually, our, our, our approach to bring is, uh, I'm almost ashamed to say it, but it's, it's very selfish. It's 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 so it's actually totally selfish. Uh, okay. we, we we always brew the beers we want to drink, and Good. and and then we hope the people will like it. It's, it's that simple. We never never try to follow any trends. Uh, and and to I give you an, an example, we, we we well well <laughs> good. I thought I think was, that's very. I, I thought it was I was a bad person. So no, no, that is not selfish. That is we got you. That is yeah. staying true to who and, you are. But but I, I I think I think it's that actually because for for me the best brewers are the ones having a vision, and a vision is what is the best beer for you, the best beer you want to make. You want to try to make the best way because it's not it's not easy. If you don't come on the, on the market with a vision, I like that and I know why I like that and I want to, to, to make that the best possible way, then, okay, you are just a follower. You follow trends and, and of course, you will end up making New England IPAs, uh, <laughs> wasting hop kind of beers because everybody, all the kids want to drink that now. But all the brewers, most of the brewers I know who are making those kind of beers, it's not for them. Right. They, they, the they make them be, be right. because okay the consumer wants that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you get something which is way less personal at the end and, of the day. And, and I've heard from multiple brewers out there that they have this idea of what they want to make mm -hmm. and we want to do these styles of beer mm -hmm. and nobody's buying them. Mm. So yep. now we have to yeah. make yep. True. a New England style IPA. We have to make the IPA and it's the best beer and and that's challenging. It is. It's very frustrating. And I love. Yeah. I trust me. I love. You like. You kind of like New England style IPAs. Yeah, I'm not a big hobby hobby ho, ho, yeah. ho, ho, guy. I love. I love them for what they yeah, are. The, the good ones are delicious, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. But, but there are so many imitations that are yeah. just okay. How many hops can we throw in that? Tank and, exactly. and, and it cannot be good right. because you lose the balance. And right. Balance is everything in beer. Right. Right. So it, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say. So I don't think that's being selfish at all. You've got like this is what we're doing. Maybe you like it, we don't. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's, it sounds like everyone likes it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, uh, that, that's that's our, our luck because without that, we would have been out of business since since long time. So yeah. And how many different styles do you have? What what do you typically? Uh, we we don't especially try to like uh, like a range of styles. Um, as I said, we brew what, what we what we like, and if it fits a style, oh, super! It fits a style, but it's it's not like the goal. Uh, the goal is is really not there. But as styles, yeah, we make Taos Buba. What, what style is Taos Buba? I, I I have no clue. For 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 me, it's a um, European hoppy session ale, but that don't exist, and it's it's not in any category. Uh, our flagship beer, which is Zinne beer, flagship because it's it became the beer of the locals in Brussels, and we are very proud of that. Is a Belgian pale ale, so we definitely have a pale ale. We make an Irish dry stout with a oh, Belgian wow. yeast, <laughs> a beer I love a lot. Uh, it's it's available here today. It's oh, called cool. Stouteric. It's totally true to style for, for 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 me, and it's again very selfish beer. 
We made that beer because no good stout was available in, in Belgium when we started. And okay, we had three Let's small kettles at, at the time. Let's make one for first to drink. Uh, we, we make a triple, but it's a Belgium triple always. So it means it, it is, it's more bitter, hoppier and drier than the classic uh, Belgium triple. We make, of course, saisons because saisons is a little bit like my, my specialties. I mean, it's a subject I, I, I studied and... I, I participated in, in a book about, about that, so we make different types of saisons. We make uh, clean saisons, barrel-aged saisons, uh, bread-fermented saisons, oh, wow. so we have lots of different things. Um, yeah, and then we are we make a Flemish red also. We, we make really different styles, but sometimes we make a beer that, that is that doesn't fit into any style and, and we will not cry uh, it's, it's perfect fun when, when it happens we, we invent the style ju- just to make fun of, 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 of some geeks that are too much into oh in which category should that fit forget about categories focus on the beer another new category yeah. <laughs> I think it's great either a new category or uh, I don't know yeah. you could distill it and see what happens <laughs> do you ever have any distilleries that are interested in uh, actually, we, we distilled uh, two of our beers. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, because we are friends with a very good craft distillery in Belgium, and we wanted to see what it would give. So uh, yeah, we have a spirit called um, Esprit de Seine, which is playing with words. Um, but uh, yeah, we we have that def- definitely, and it gives very very nice results. We changed hops when when we did that, and it's very nice to to see the impact on on, on the different type of hops on the the flavor of the final uh, of the final product. spirit yep yeah so it's technically a, a whiskey mm. it's, uh, it's like beer schnapps because yeah. it didn't go in wood and 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 it's uh it's it's really a distilled beer but it's it's almost a whiskey but with hops so oh, interesting yeah. i'd love to try that yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely that yeah. sounds good so what happens so the names you've got all these great names oh, was it uh you got tapas bulba i'm like zinnabar zinbeer yeah, uh, yeah brussels calling uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you slaughtered Jean, that Jean one. Jean de Bois, which, which, de Bois. which means wooden legs in, in, in French. It's a, it's a famous character of the Belgian Revolution back in 1830, actually. We, we always try to have names that, uh, that make sense, uh, that are funny if, if possible, and, and with different layers of meaning. That, that, that's a, probably a very Brussels way of, of making jokes, like using different layers. Uh, uh, legs. Mm. So you're bringing in a little bit of history into the name, and kind yeah, of sometimes we we totally make it up, you know. <laughs> but, but, but sometimes it's really historical. <laughs> uh, Brendan, you were talking about this label, so we're looking yeah. at the terrace, the, the, the terrace bulb on. There's there's a, we're looking at a strong man about to throw a barrel over a desperate guy, a desperate guy. Yeah, his son. Yeah. That's his son. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of a complicated um, label. Uh, I will tell the story, but uh, it's, it's, it's a bit long. I hope we have time. Yeah, we've all um, So, uh, yeah. it's actually a, a political beer and a political statement. It talks about us stupid Belgians and the problems we have with the two main language communities in our country. Uh, so, French-speaking and Flemish-speaking. We think it's totally stupid. Uh, it's not real at the beginning. Uh, because we put Belgians of, of different language, community origin, on a table with beer, and they are friends within one minute. I, I mean, <laughs> so there, there, there is no real big problems. But we are, we have politicians of very low level that are very good at creating problems because those guys they were leaders of nothing, 
and right. and so they you got to gotta make, make something up to exactly to become the leader of a fight that should not exist right and right. they did it very well um they, for that they were talented they were helped by the media as well and and so now the problems are uh, sort of real which is very sad and uh, i'm french speaking but when i'm in front of a flemish guy i speak to him in flemish and i what, think what's the difference oh it's two languages having completely what's nothing in common flemish um, is based so french comes from latin and 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 uh, flemish comes from uh, germanic languages German. uh, oh, right. it's okay. extremely extremely different um, and it's true that it's 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 different cultures, but it's a small country, and 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 we we can live together, and we we can like each other. There is no reason it would not be the case. Well, whatever. So we we started um, with um, a story uh, from Russian lit- literature, r- written by a certain Gogol in the 19th century. But story uh, takes place in the 17th uh, 17th century. It's called Taras Bulba, and Taras Bulba is a guy. He is um, is a is a Ukrainian guy, a Cossack actually, who was fighting in the book uh, uh, for Russia against Poland. But it's actually a religion war because in Russia they are Orthodox, in Poland they are Catholics, and because of that they hate strongly each other. Hmm. Taras Buba is a very bad guy, he's a real asshole. He has two sons, <laughs> and one of his sons um, falls in love with a Polish girl. So he's the girl of the enemy, that's yeah. terrible, but yeah. even worse, she's a Catholic, that's so much for him. He, he, he gets totally mad and he murders his son in front of the troop for making an example to the soldiers. Wow. That's the official version in the book. <laughs> Very terrible story. True, true, <laughs> is this a true story? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Okay. But but um, it's maybe realistic. I, I don't know. But it's 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 a novel. It's definitely a novel. Uh, we transform totally that story using the typical Brussels hum- humor, which is called the Zwanz. Can't you make the Zwanz beer? Uh, according to, to, to that type of humor. What is Zwanz? Zwanz starts always with, um, with a mystification, so a lie, but with a lot of irony and a double meaning, minimum. Sometimes you have three or four different meanings. That's how we like to make jokes in, in, in my beloved city. And so in our story, Taras Bulba became a local brewer. He speaks the local dialect, which is sort of Flemish language, and he learns that his son secretly married a girl from Wallonia. French speaking, he gets mad, and to show his disagreement, he wants to pull a big barrel of beer on his son's head. So that's that the story. That is and great. <laughs> I told and, 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 you. <laughs> and we don't know the end of the story. It's up to the drinker to invent the end of the story. Oh, that could get messy. And, <laughs> and we wrote the beginning of the story in the Brussels dialect. So it says, "Well, Tarazulba is very angry. His son married a Romanian girl, and what happened next? I don't know." About their imagery is kind of interesting because we, we work with a fantastic designer. His name is Jean Govart. Govart, this guy is a pure genius and a nice person. So the image, the general imagery is one of the political circus that is a shame for, for us. You have a building that is totally crooked and it's the town hall of Brussels because our country because those problems is chaos. We we voted four months ago. We still have no government. To give you an example, yeah. we have beaten Iraq uh, some years ago for being the country without government for the longest period of oh time. Oh my God. It was like 500 days or something. Wow. It's, a, it's, it's a shame. Only because of those problems within the communities. Yeah. Which, which, are, which are fabricated for the to- most to- part. Totally. For the most part, yeah. Totally. So it, it shows that circus is a bit chaotic. The character of Taras Bouba is a work on a um, character from a, a French comic strip of the 1920s in which you have this strong guy like bending iron and stuff. And in Brussels, until the 1960s, 
We had a guy like that on, on, on our yearly circus that comes back every year in, in, in Brussels. And he, he was also like bending iron. And his artist name was Taras Boba. So it's a tribute <laughs> oh, wow. to, to, to that So you're guy. like, you have to. Definitely. And the character of the sun is a work of our designer on a famous uh, a character from a famous painting of Pablo Picasso on Spanish War Guernica. So that's the end result. I don't think we're sober when we invented all that. <laughs> that's, that's the end result. Good. <laughs> Good. Nor should you be. <laughs> I, I do. Th- uh, and what does is, what is Schmierlap mean? <laughs> it's a strong insult in Brussels dialect and Flemish. It means to keep it polite, bastard. Okay. All right. It's polite enough? I like how you. <laughs> I kind of like how it's left up to the drinker to decide what happens yeah, because yeah, it yeah, could definitely. be, you know. Could be he, many he, things. He could, he may not be throwing it on him, but he may mm. accidentally he, drop it on him. Oh, on he, he could be his trainer. Right, right. You got <laughs> it, man. You got it. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of uh, openness yeah. to to what happens with this story. This is the genius of our designer, really, really, really. Brilliant designer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of binds your whole brand as well. Totally, and I, I will tell you why. In my opinion, we we play a lot with the graphic line of the 1930s Art Deco, like, mm-hmm. but also Soviet propaganda, and um, and because we like the, the powerfulness of of of, of the, the, this art, and and so, but but at the same time, it's very modern, and obvious are a bit like that also. We are deeply inspired by the past, and especially by some methods from the 1930s, but we make beers on a very modern way with modern knowledge. I love science. Uh, so, so it's a mix of all that and it translates into the graphics of, of Jean Govart. It also just makes it that much more interesting of an experience to drink it. Mm. To yeah, know all the so. backstory. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. Of course you have to pay some effort to know the story because the label itself you, you will just be puzzling. Well, what does that mean? Are those guys crazy? <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> but that's kind of Knowing the inside of your brewery, now we know the story, which is yeah. actually kind of kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, which just makes it that much more. So, what, what's this we're drinking? It's good. It's uh, nectar of the gods. <laughs> it smells sour, but it ain't. It's not it's sour because we make the beer so that it's it doesn't get sour. Yeah. It's actually a beer called Bruxellensis, and it's um, beer. So we have um, we have one house main yeast. Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which I, I'm in love with, by, 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 by the way, she's my best friend. Um, and, and so uh, it's a signature yeast of all our, um, all our beers. And, um, and then we, we, we found by a purely happy accident um, a local to Brussels wild yeast, which we tamed and it has been isolated. It's kept in the laboratory of this famous brewing school now, uh, which is called Brettanomyces. And actually, we we do a secondary fermentation in the bottle with that wild yeast. With bread. It's, yeah, with bread. It's the typical beer uh, yeast of the the Brussels beers, like the lambic beers. And actually, I found that yeast by happy accident. A friend of mine, she's a home brewer, home brewster, I should say. <laughs> and uh, she, she she used to work uh, to, to 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 brew in her apartment that was on the on the public park with lots of trees and stuff. And she was always bring all windows open and not being extremely uh, keen on hygiene when she was bring so she she constantly had an infection with that bread and the rule in bring that is that if you have a yeast that uh, 
comes into your beer and you don't want that yeast, it's called an infection. It's not something it's dangerous. Not, it's not right at all for for human beings, but it's something that is undesirable in this specific beer. Right, right, right. But in others, it will be the most desirable yeast, and the, the case here. So I, I, I took a bottle of, of, of hers and I went to the brewing school, and I asked a scientist I know. Uh, world-class scientist I have since uh, she, she's a quality manager now. Could you please try to, to isolate that that yeast because I could smell and, and taste that it's that that very bread. It's very obvious kind of very flavors. distinct. Yeah, very distinct. So th this lives and, wild, similar mm, to yeah. a San Francisco sourdough. That the 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 yeast that is wild in the mm. air around San yeah. Francisco is only yeast is all over us actually everywhere on the yep. planet but this typical yeast is, is very specific to Brussels but you Brussels. find it in um, in the UK as well in, in, in many many other other places mm. and his second name is Bruxellensis actually and um, and I asked for a genetic analysis to be sure it was that very one I, I was sure by, by the smell but I wanted science to tell me okay is it that one and yes it is, it is. hence the name Bruxellensis beer Wow. So, yeah. And now you have it isolated. Yeah. You can and culture it. Yeah, def definitely. It's kept uh, for, for us. And the beauty with the, the, that yeast, li like the other beers, but even more, is that it, it does what is called a bioflavoring. It means that the living microorganism, in, in this case, is giving extra flavor to, 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 to your beer. And uh, it gives a very nice and delicate uh, fruity flavors. You have some pineapple there, some red fruits. And then a little bit of uh, funky flavors, the barnyard, like a little Love bit goat, goaty, Love but it. not too much. It stays That's in balance with the fruitiness, yeah. and it gives an, an extra layer of complexity to, yeah. to this beer. I really love it. Too. Yeah. Having you describe it as we're drinking it yeah. is absolutely spot on. Spot on. Mm. That is, it's such a wonderful mix of that kind of wonderful fruit, mm. uh, not heavy by any means. No, no, no. Uh, and that barnyardy mm. kind of funk that is actually—it sm smells so different than it tastes. S it smells completely different yep. than it tastes. In the taste, actually, there is dry hopping with, with this beer, and the, um, there is an action of both yeasts on on the hops. They, they will like chew on them, which is not that chemically, but they will biotransform them. Uh, actually, some some chemical components into other chemical components, and and you have some very soft. Hoppy flavors that are almost uh, rose-like, um, very, very soft, very subtle floral notes coming from the work on those wonderful yeast on, on the hops during dry hopping. That is wonderful. Yeah, really good. Oh, thank you. Yep. Yeah, actually, we should say thank to the yeast because actually, in, in a brewery, the most character is the yeast. It's not it's the brewer. I'm, I'm not important in my brewery. My <laughs> yeast are re really. And, and, and yeah, but they can't live without you. So I feed them. So, so par parents, I feed them for you sure. You feed right. them yeah. and give them and wonderful. Love. I give them love. Love <laughs> because that's what they deserve. They and and yeah. from what Brendan was saying, not tall fermenters, but no. wide because yeast Ex exactly. doesn't like to be crowded. I gave away your secret. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's not a secret actually. I've never uh, even heard of that. Uh, I think I, that's I, awesome. I like Happy yeast. No, that, 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 that's the duty of a brewer to, to, to make his yeast happy because yeah. without his yeast, the brewery is, is absolutely no one. And so indeed, I designed fermenters that are wider than tall, long straight short to, to uh, give uh, hydrostatic so pressure 
um, on, on the ease because she, she basically hates that. Like us, she's very similar to us actually. She she has to be to work on the stress, right? And 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 the very tall, narrow fermenters will give a lot of stress to the yeast, and it will translate into the beer in a disbalance uh, between two key components, which are high alcohols and, and esters. Um, while in very flat fermenters, you will have the right ratio between those two components, and it will give a balance to the beer. When the ba- uh, beer is balanced, it has a high drinkability. And so it's so nicer to drink. And, and for me, that, that, that's how I want to make beer. Balance and drinkability are, are the key words for, 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 for me, at least. It's very personal in beer making. It's funny you say the, the hydrostatic pressure. Like, mm. you know, you take a dive into a pool and you dive down to the bottom. Mm. If you don't clear your ears, your ears are going to pop. Mm. Yeah. So you feel the pain mm. diving down eight feet yeah. underwater. Right. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense if yeah, you definitely. widen and shallow yeah. Yeah. and yeah. shallow. Yeah. Is that is that kind of the story behind cool ships being so wide and? No, the, no. The, you, you couldn't. You could actually not get the proper fermentation in a cool ship because um, there, there there is a minimum height to have uh, in a fermenter to have enough convection that is brought by the CO2 to move it. by yeast to move the yeast all over and that so that she can eat all the sugars in a, um, a cool ship is, is not deep enough for that the aim of a cool ship is to have a huge contact surface between um, air and, and liquid to have a good cooling it's, it's called cool ship cool not ship for, no for reason. that reason I, I, I mean so that 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 that's uh, that that the function guy. creates the the shape gotcha mm, yeah gotcha. Cool. thank you for that education mm, <laughs> we're learning everything mm, mm. so uh so we trying one more we are mm-hmm. we Definitely. are I just I didn't want to rush a good thing. We can this, have we can have more. <laughs> this, this is my actual favorite. I think this is my favorite, favorite beer. I think on this earth. is my favorite. Wow, thank you. On earth, on earth. That's bold, man. I would take this yeah. to the grave. This is this is happy juice. We could arrange that for you. <laughs> okay, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and as we get the, as we get our third and final sample in, what about like um, Belgium, f- Belgi- Belgian foods, and how food kind of. Uh, and ingredients intermingle with the beers that are brewed in Belgium. So, what do you huh. like? What are some What are some of your favorite pairings? Do you ever so do pairings where? It's, it's a tricky question because the people have to realize that there is no Belgium cuisine. There is no such thing as a Belgium cuisine, like a French, Italian, uh, Japanese, whatever cuisine. Um, we have typical Belgium meals. You have to take it like that. But you are deeply, deeply, deeply under uh, the French cuisine influence. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you have to understand it that, that way. And so typical Belgium dishes will be carbonate, which, which is beef stew, basically, in gravy, that can be cook or cooked or not with, um, with, with beer. Uh, rabbit with quick well is, is, a, is a classic, yeah, it would. Um, uh, shrimp croquettes is one. Uh, mussels, but mussels, it's, it's not like a super... Uh, difficult kind of cooking, you, you, you know. Um, water zoe, which is um, chicken in a white sauce with vegetables and uh, and touch of lime. Um, Frog's legs. Do, those, those kind of, no, that's for the French. So <laughs> it's a shame. They, 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 they should 
Keep the nice frogs yeah. alive and eat frogs. They're very important Keep it animals. on the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, uh, yeah, that's exactly. uh, We will keep our <laughs> frog legs. So, and so we've, we've all used typical meals. Of course, a beer would be a very good match um, as a sure thing. Charles Bulba, uh, for instance, I like it, especially with, with shrimp croquettes. Shrimp croquettes. Have a lot from 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 the sea, from uh, iod-like kind of flavors, and and, and the very sweet, almost fruity, um, grey croquette because it's grey croquette, uh, grey shrimps. Sorry, uh, in in Belgium, uh, but it's in um, in an we say apparel, but that translates belly, I suppose, uh, which is a little bit fat, and and actually you you make it also with a sauce. Um, uh, you you made with the the, the shrimp shells and, and stuff. So oh right, right. So there is a lot of umami and and, and some fat, and the bitterness of tarasuba will will, will cut that uh, that fattiness, but will complement all the very fine aromas that you will find from 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 the shrimps. Um, and are the croquettes uh, deep fried? Yes, they are deep fried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, just yeah, seems yeah. like an awesome yeah. combination. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. In in Belgium, if you want to to know if a restaurant is is good. Uh, and if he serves that, of course, uh, you you will normally uh, try their shrimp croquettes because it looks simple, but it's not. And you definitely want to have like a lot of shrimps, um, having something that is not too sweet, not not too heavy, that really um, f- focuses on the, the flavors brought by by the grey shrimps actually. And uh, to test a restaurant, that's one thing you will take. Another one you would. Um, would be what we call in Belgium American préparé, which is prepared American. Uh, the translation it sounds weird, but it's actually beef tartare, and Ooh. and and because it's it's a raw meat uh, with uh, with uh, Worcester sauce, uh, Tabasco, capers, those kind of things. Eggs can can be a little bit of homemade mayonnaise, hopefully. Um, but because it's raw meat, uh, you will directly see if the meat there is fresh. And so that's how you test a restaurant, uh, a typical Belgian restaurant in my country. Shrimp croquettes and, uh, and beef tartare. And if those two things are good, it's a good you're restaurant. golden. The, the, rest, the rest will be good. If it's bad, try to escape. <laughs> <laughs> or, or drink or, more. Yeah. <laughs> or you might not make it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you eat bad beef tartare, you don't have a yeah, lot of you're options. Not, you're not, there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of Where's options. Where's the restroom? <laughs> yeah. So it, it sounds like... Um, there is kind of a, a Belgian cuisine. It seems like it's a, um, you know, a hearty-ish mm-hmm. kind of French farm kind of style. Um, yeah, you could probably say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. Se- and the lighter beers and the well-balanced beers seem to kind of they, the work. way you're describing it. They kind of work, right? It works. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I want to make shrimp croquettes. Mm. Big time. <laughs> you want me to call down to when seafood? It's well made. It, it's really great. What's yeah. the number one comfort food for drunken Belgians late at night? Oh, frites, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Who? It, it saved my life so many <laughs> times. French <laughs> fries, mate. A French fries. Belgian fries. <laughs> French fries don't exist. Yeah, we don't call them French fries. Belgian frites. It's Belgian pa- frites. When you put frites on the menu here in America, you up the charge by about twenty dollars. All right. right. Yeah. So in, in Belgium, it's almost the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <It's very funny. laughs> so right. uh, frites, loaded frites. 
loaded? What does that mean? Oh, oh that's that, that so we, American. Oh, that's so American. It, well, it don't exist, cheese, I suppose. Cheese and meat and... Oh, no, no. That, that's oh, just like poutine in... It's like poutine. In Belgium, it's oh, not... Tacos. No, the fish, you, you drink them like uh, as is with a bit of salt yep. and yep. a sauce and, 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 and that's it. But but as, vin- simp- as simple yep. as possible. Malt vinegar? Malt vinegar? No, that's, that's an English thing. That's not it a Belgian thing. A okay. yeah, yeah. couple of fried eggs on top? <laughs> no, 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 sorry, no, please, no. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, yes, of course. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise is okay. Re- remember that. Pearl Fiction? Mayonnaise. Yeah. 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 It's rude yeah. not to, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, it's good. Ketchup. All right, beer number three, what do we got? We got a beer I, I'm especially in love with because I'm in love with the man behind it. Is that you? My girlfriend will hate me, but oh. well, well, whatever. <laughs> this man is Tom Peters. He's owner of a Monk's Cafe in, in Philly. One of the, the most cult uh, beer cafe and one of the first ones in the U.S. Um, that, that exists, and a very, very dear friend and a beautiful human. Yeah. I, I mean, a great, great man. And uh, so we, I, I'm, I'm friend with Tom uh, before I was even a brewer, um, actually. Um, and of course, not that I'm one he carries or, or, or beer. You can, you, you almost have a regular type of Taras Bluba uh, at, at Monk's Cafe. And uh, since yes and yes, we wanted to do a collab to, to, together. So he went uh, to, 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 to Brussels and we decided to make a double saison. So a double saison is a stronger uh, saison. You can, uh, taste, you can taste it a little more ABV in this. Yeah, yeah. D- d- definitely. But if you can taste the alcohol, you should not call it a saison, but a double saison. It's a style that existed. It was simply a stronger version of the classic right. saison. But a saison is, is, is meant to be thirst crunching and light. And so once you, you taste alcohol, it's, it's better not to call it no more saison. But a double saison is perfectly fine. So this one is 7.4 ABV, if I remember well. And it does contain spell, which is um, a, a grain I especially love for making saison. Uh, a lot of saisons were made with, with spelt in, 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 in the past. With and it's Sorry, can you... What is that? Spelt. Spelt. What yeah. is spelt again? It's a type of rustic uh, wheat. Gotcha. Actually. Okay. And um, there is a second fermentation, again, with our beloved Brettanomyces, because that was say, typical to, to the saisons as well. Most of the saisons, if not all, probably all, at Brettanomyces then. Kind of for, for, for sure. It's not as... Um, it's not as... It's a different... Nose. It's a different nose, yeah, and, and, and a different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely yeah. get the Brett on there, but mm-hmm. not. Yeah. It's but but um, there is a very beautiful maltiness in, 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 in that beer, and this is thanks to Tom. I have to say, and I, I have to pay him tribute for that. Tom is a big lover of smoked beer and smoked malt. I am not actually. I love I love one smoked beer in Bamberg, Germany from Spezial Brauerei, fantastic because it's very subtle, very balanced once again and de- delicate. Otherwise, not my style of beer and I would never think about using smoke mode. And he, and he came with the idea, oh, can we use smoke? I said, no, no way, I don't like smoke mode. No way, no way. And then he insisted, he was smart enough to insist and, and then finally we, we got to this compromise. I said, okay, we use smoke mode but a very small amount of it. I want a touch of it. He said, okay, okay, you will see it. We'll give it. 
good reason. And the man was right. Because you, you, you can honestly barely taste the smokiness in, in the beer. Yeah, it, right. It's there if you know it's, it's there. You, you will mention it. Right. But what it gives to the beer, and, that, and I learned something very important, is that it gave more depth to the maltiness, to the overall maltiness of it. So the, 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 the barley malt and the spelt come, come really true on a way better um, way that we without smoke malt. And, and, and so Tom was so right to push me uh, to, to, to use that malt because, yeah, it, 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 without it, it would not be the same beer. It's got a, a very, um, now that you say that, I'm getting a very, very slight, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, an almost like peated, a very, very, very light peated yeah, note, no, no, as, if totally was, right. as, as if it was as if it was a malt whiskey, a, yeah. a, a scotch. scotch. Whiskey. Yeah. I get that little bit of. Yep. It's kind of like yeah. when you go into a deli mm. in the United States, uh-huh. which if you haven't done, you must do. Oh, I have, yeah, yeah, I love this. <laughs> right. You go, you go into a, a deli, you go into some delis, you walk in, mm. and they're making all the egg sandwiches in the morning, and mm. that's just a big American thing. And mm. you walk out, you get into your car to go to work, and you're like, God damn it, I smell like. Fried eggs, and you will do all <laughs> right. Day. It just mm. soaks on into you. Mm. It's kind of like, mm. it's kind of like the beer went had, had in, a visit, had a visit by like you made it by a campfire. Yeah, 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 It's definitely there. And 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 from a purely historical point of view, it also makes sense because I think so. Saisons were beers made in originally, and then later uh, in classic breweries, but originally made in in um, farms, in farms having a small brewery. And they were most of the time back in the days malting their, their their own malt by fire and by fire and with like very low level malting techniques and that smoky note it's gonna must come have through. been quite quite common but never overwhelming because the people would not have liked that in Belgium but but like that subtle touch that you yeah. have here that 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 was probably in, in in some of the beers back in the days just a kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a yeah. little kiss. Exactly. And it, it kiss. plays so yeah. well with the bread. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Totally. Th- those yeah. flavor and aromas yeah. together are but, outstanding. But if you put too much of it, it would clash with the phenolic yeah. flavors of the bread. But right. on a subtle way, uh, it, it, it's perfect yeah. complement. Yeah. It's it really like is. a spice almost. Yeah. Yeah. That is. So I went from. So the three beers in the row. The first one, I, get, I just. I thought that was one of my favorites. Second one. I definitely thought that was my favorite. Best beer on earth. No, I'm kind of into this. Oh, right. I think this oh, is my. Yeah. <laughs> what about, what about you, Rich? I'm in number two. I'm in Brandon. You're number two? Man. Yeah, I'm number two. Yeah, I'm kind of. That was spot on. I mean, I, not to discredit, this Absolutely. beer is outstanding. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, the name of the last beer is Major Tom. We didn't mention that. And it's a tribute, of course, to a famous song of David Bowie, which we both like with Tom Peters. Yeah. Can you hear me, Major Tom? <laughs> yeah. I, no, I can hear I, you loud and clear. I, this, this beer is so special to me, too, because I tried this for the first time at the Shelton Festival last year mm. when Tom was behind your booth. Yes, I have a picture of that. Yeah. that I mean, that's legendary. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. man is a legend. Legend in the beer He's industry legend, has yeah. done so much. Um, and this is Tom from what brewery? Uh, no, this from, is from, from Monk's Cafe in Philly. Monk's one one of the very first special beer cafes in Philadelphia. In, in, yeah. in the U.S. Tr- truly one of the yeah. the legends of this business. Uh, has done m- arguably more for Belgian beer than 
Oh yeah, then, then, oh. then most. I feel a trip to Philly. <laughs> I, feel I feel a trip. trip. I feel a trip and, to Philly. And, and that that beer was made for their twentieth anniversary. And you should go to Philly. Philly is really one of the beer capitals of the U.S. Uh, yeah, great, great beer places. Great people also. I love Philly. This is phenomenal. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. This, Welcome. This is. This has been quite a trip to Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, yeah, cool. Belgium. 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 <laughs> Belgium. Brussels, mate. Brussels, mate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to make our trip out to Brussels. Definitely. Always welcome. You absolutely should. Yeah. Well, some good beers there. <laughs> um, very quick before we, we sign off, um, any future, do you have anything cooking in the pot? Like, I gotta make this. This is something I've always wanted to do. Yes. I just, I just need to find the and, right and, time. And, and, and sorry, it's simple. And the beer is made already, um, but it was cooking in the pots for a long time. Uh, we finally made a pilsner, a German pilsner. Since before I'm a brewer, it was my dream to make a pilsner. Why? Because it's again like the definition of beer. When when you think in your mind, I want a beer. What do you want? A good pilsner. I love actually, a pilsner. but love. a well-made pilsner, which is not easy to f- to find. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I finally made it. We we have the capacity of making a pilsner in the new brewery uh, because w- w- you need a, a cooling capacity we didn't have in the old one. And because I have no experience, um, I asked to one of my mentors. Um, and he's for me the best maker of Pilsner in the world to come and help me. His name is Eric Toft. Um, he's for me the best brewer in Germany, but he's an American. <laughs> and he's, he, he's the head brewer at Schönram Brewery in Bavaria. And the, Schön, the Schönrammer Pils for me is the best Pils that exists on, on, on our planet. Drinking a good Pilsner, I think a lot of Americans and a lot of people that drink pills that you think of a very simple beer mm-hmm. and like and right. it and they it's a simple beer to simple beer to make it is it's the most difficult beer it is make. the easiest beer to screw up totally so don't mm. you know but yeah. one of when you get into a good pilsner mm. it is good yeah. Yeah. fantastic yeah. totally it, it it's hides nothing. It's it's exactly. naked. It's right. a naked beer. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a good You're way. totally yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you, you'd better be good or try to be good when you when you make a pilsner. It it pushes you to to, to, to your extreme limits to, to, to be a good brewer. Oh I'm I'm online. Mm. I'm, I definitely <laughs> Where did they make the pilsner? <laughs> Where was that? <laughs> do, uh, do you know the story of the pilsner? No. no, do I want to? <laughs> oh boy! Where was that See, from? this is uh, this isn't because I want to do it. This was like uh, Denmark. Oh, that's right. I want to say right. it was Denmark. Yeah. So there's a brewing company in Denmark that brewed a pisner, and what okay. they did Very was uh, during a concert, yeah, like they a right. they put out a bunch of portajohns without the chemicals. And the entire, all of the concert goers, the thousands of people, used to the the, the bathroom. The bathroom. Um, I don't know how they separate. Don't don't ask me. You, you know what? I think it's a Belgium technology, and I think I heard a story. And it's students from the University of Leuven uh, who, who who made that special filter for that. Maybe it was used in Denmark. I don't know where it was it used. M- it may but I think it's Belgium technology. Super, <laughs> <laughs> and they they took the the yeah, urine um, and spread it on malt fields to feed the fields, grew the malt, 
harvested them all, made a bil- made a pilsner, and they called it a okay, pilsner. No, so that's another story. The Belgium technology is that you filter your urine to use it as base water for making a beer. It's, it's, it's it really? goes even further. Yeah. Yeah. So That's you're you're basically cool. you basically you're basically ROing re- reverse osmosing. Mm, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah def- definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm Maybe someday if the global warming continues like that, it will be the only way to, to make a beer, sadly, but uh, well, I then hope you can, not. You can get famous people and use their Ooh. urine for... I know, think you're I mean, This is a there. whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. We should piss <laughs> off. <laughs> 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 On that note... <laughs> <laughs> thank you very um, much. Thank you so Welcome. much for thank education. Thank you guys for hosting me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for flying over the pond for us. And, of course. Uh, I love doing that and thank you to the Chicos especially Amen. absolutely great Brendan. place fantastic Brendan. people thank you guys Brendan's so much guru. We, we love you Brendan yeah. I love you guys <laughs> oh my god as well oh alright until our next podcast which seems to be like the next day cheers <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and um, we'll see you at the next podcast sure cheers to that thanks for stopping by and listening in Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.